What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Wednesday, December 27th. One of the weeks of the year where nothing is going on. Yeah, we got bowl games if you're into that. But people are just chilling out. Wednesdays are usually a little laid back. And this week, it's like I'm laid back right now. I'm sitting in a chair right now. I got my headset on. This chair goes back. I mean, I could lay back even more. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I'll just I could take a pina colada right now, too. But I'm not outside. I'm doing the show from inside. It's just that kind of week. Everybody's very chill. We're all in chill mode. We're ready for 2024. You're saying, oh, 2024 is going to be the best year ever. Well, it could be the best beginning ever for the Miami Dolphins. If I'm going to discuss one team this afternoon, it's not going to be the Panthers. It's not going to be the Marlins. I mean, like they're doing anything. It's not going to be the Heat. They didn't even play last night. It's going to be the Miami Dolphins. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. In the universe of South Florida sports, right now, it belongs. All of it belongs to the Miami Dolphins. It's all gas right now, no brakes. I know we've got every major sports team in town, every franchise. They're all not playing at the moment. There's always something going on, at least news-wise, when one of them's not playing. But right now, this world, it belongs to the Miami Dolphins. Heck, Panthers didn't play last night. The Heat didn't play last night. The Canes Hoops team, they didn't even play last night. So this is all about the Dolphins. I was tuned in, and I actually watched almost the entire thing. I'm not talking about hard knocks. I was tuned in around... 12.30 this afternoon when Mike McDaniel went to the podium and he was talking. Normally, the first two or three questions are important. Everything after that is just we're joking around. We're getting into stories for writers to write about. I mean, that's why they're a writer. They write. Reporters are going to report on something. But the first two, three questions, that's when I'm laser focused what is Mike McDaniel saying because in those first two or three answers that he gives it's almost certainly going to have an effect one way or the other on their next game so the big story right now sports wise I got a lot of other stories but they're not related to sports the big story sports wise it's this Miami Dolphins team They will continue to be the big story until their final game. And their final game may not come until almost mid-February in Las Vegas. I'll tell you what, because I thought about this this morning. I went on to American Airlines website. Sometimes I use the app, but... Most of the time, I use the site on my laptop. And I went to my upcoming flights, and I got a bunch of them. And I said to myself, do I book something for Vegas for the Super Bowl? I thought about doing it 
a month and a half ago because they got the Dreamliner going there from Miami, which is great, the 787. But I didn't pull the trigger. Now, I said to myself this morning, and now I'm telling all of you, I'm going to wait until Sunday afternoon. If the Miami Dolphins beat the Ravens, I'm going to book a ticket. In fact, Saturday, I'll put it on hold because then I have until Sunday to book it. So you got to think ahead here. But if the Dolphins beat Baltimore on Sunday, I got to book that ticket. This game on Sunday is shaping up to be epic. It should be epic. Sunday is so important for this year's team. It's so important for all Dolphins fans. It's so important for the whole freaking franchise. Sunday is as big as a regular season game can get. Now, if the Dolphins do beat Baltimore on Sunday, they still would have to beat the Bills to get that number one seed, assuming the Ravens don't lose to the Steelers, but there's still work to do the final week of the season. But in in order to get yourself in position to get that number one seed, you got to win on Sunday. And I think we can all agree that if the Dolphins get home field advantage throughout, meaning they get a bye week and then two possible games at home, assuming they win the first one, they get the second one at home as well. I think we can all agree if the Dolphins do get home field advantage, I, I it's it's hard for me to even get this out of my mouth. <laughs> really, it is. But if they get home field advantage, I, I still can't get it out of my mouth. You see, I'm just like, I, I've been doing this show almost 16 years. I've never said this before. Think about that. You're 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 going to say something that you haven't said for I don't know how many years. But at least here with a microphone and a headset. I haven't said this in almost 16 years. I've never said it before. Not on the air, so I can't just blurt it out. It's going to let me let me set myself up here. Hold on. Sit up right a little bit more cuz I told you we were just all laid back here Wednesday, New Year's Eve coming up. If the Dolphins have the number 1 seed, I I can't I can't say it. I I can't get it out of my mouth. Maybe I need to take a swig of Monster. I got a pink Monster. Ultra Strawberry Dreams. Let me see. All right, I got a swig of that. If the Dolphins get the number one seed in the AFC, legitimately, we are talking about the Dolphins going to the Super Bowl. When you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. See, I finally got it on my third or fourth attempt. Just, it's it's amazing. Really, it is absolutely amazing. But the Dolphins have to win Sunday in Baltimore. If they don't win Sunday in Baltimore to get to that Super Bowl, they're going to have to win on another Sunday in Baltimore Later in January. 
one way or the other, they're going to have to win in Baltimore. I think it would be a lot easier to do it this Sunday. Now, I will be at that game in Baltimore. So I looked at the weather in Baltimore. And on Sunday, now I'm not going to the official forecast yet because it's only Wednesday. So I'm going the easy route. I'm just going to Google Baltimore weather. This isn't the most accurate, but the high will be 48 degrees. Partly sunny, 48 degrees. 39 is the low, but that doesn't mean anything because the game is at 1 p.m. and not 1 a.m. So 48 degrees being the high, I would assume the high would hit between 1 and 4. 48 is not freezing. In fact, it gives me a little bit of a dilemma. Not much of a dilemma, but do I just bring a a hoodie or do I bring I can't bring a heavy jacket. It's 48 degrees. Probably somewhere between the hoodie and the heavy jacket. Although for the game, I'm not going to be sitting outside. I'll be in the press box. But I'm very much looking forward to being at that big game. And maybe some of you will be headed there to Baltimore. I want to be back in Miami for New Year's Eve. So I'm flying out of DCA at about 6.40 p.m. Nonstop to Miami. There was no nonstop flight at that time from Baltimore to Miami, at least not on American Airlines, and I ain't going on Frontier. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm loyal. Just like with all my partners here on the show, just like all of you, you're loyal with me, I'm loyal to AA. And I don't drink a whole lot, so I'm not talking about Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm talking about American Airlines. All right, I got a lot to get to mainly Dolphins-related, but I can't until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. The schedule is something else. I got to say, the schedule makers could not have lined up the end of the Dolphins' season in a more compelling, fascinating, and interesting way. Think about it. Week 17, now we got 18 weeks. Week 17, the Dolphins are at Baltimore. First place in the AFC up for grabs for Baltimore and also for Miami. If Miami wins that game, then they've got to beat the Buffalo Bills. And again, that's assuming that The Ravens don't lose to the Steelers. Then the Dolphins wouldn't have to beat the Bills, but you can't count on that. And look, there's also the possibility of the other result. I mean, the Ravens are favored in the game. So if Baltimore beats Miami, most likely the Dolphins are playing the Bills for the division. And that could be a first-round preview. It could be a lot. And isn't this what we like as fans, as observers, as anyone associated with the NFL? We want 
the stakes to be high. We want them to be big. We want games that matter. We want games that we can care about. We want games where the players care. Because if we're watching a game on a Sunday at 1 p.m. and one of the teams is out of it and the players are out there, okay, but like, okay, do we really care if we win here? Players don't want to get injured, of course, but winning and losing, it's not as important as it is right now when you're involved with seeding or getting in the playoffs or not. So when you have players out there that care a lot, when you have coaches out there that care a lot, when the games matter, that is when we're going to see the greatest efforts from both squads. Everyone's going to be going all out. So as a natural consequence of that, we should be treated to great moments. We should see them on Sunday. We'll probably see them next Sunday too, or maybe Saturday. A lot is on the line here. That is why I am so excited for this Dolphins-Ravens game. It's also why I'm excited for the Bills game. This is all great, epic stuff. We get these experiences now the next two weeks. As fans of the game, it's really cool to have these experiences. I don't know if the Dolphins players, at least on defense, are saying, hey, it's really cool to have the Lamar Jackson experience. Lamar Jackson's going to be a problem. Heck, we know he's a problem for NFC teams. I saw that stat, Lamar's 20-1 and against the NFC. <laughs> Baltimore should uh, petition to move to the NFC or trade him to an NFC team. That would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> what it actually means is if you only get to see Lamar rarely, if you only occasionally get to play against him, you lose. You lose! Good day, sir! That's what it means. Because he's so different. He's one of one. So if you don't see him on a regular basis, it's hard to come up with a game plan. Sure, you watch him on video, but going up against him on the field? Extremely difficult. And Lamar right now might be better than he's ever been. The Dolphins can't just go back and look at some video of Lamar. You can't go back to when they won at Baltimore. You can't go back to any of that and just say, oh, yeah, here he is. That's his ceiling. We'll be able to stop this. You can't do that because he's getting better. Not only has he gotten better, he's getting better. His weapons are better. You may think Lamar is the same quarterback, but his weapons are different and his weapons are getting better. OBJ and Zay Flowers, they could both be a problem. I know they lost Mark Andrews earlier this season, but Isaiah Likely, he's getting better. The Ravens have a good offense. And on top of that, Lamar has all that speed to where if things aren't going right for them, 
He's got world-class instincts with his feet. Anytime on that field, he can make something out of nothing. He could save a play, save a drive. The dude's on another level. He's the guy who at the moment is favored to win the MVP. It was Purdy. Purdy had a horrendous game because of Baltimore's defense. And that's another problem. But here's the thing. We all know the NFL is a week-to-week league. You cannot assume that any team will play the same exact way that they did the week before. What a team is in week 16 is not necessarily what they're going to be in week 17. Teams look different. Schemes are different. Matchups are different. Hey, we all wake up on a different side of the bed sometimes. It just happens. No reason, no explanation. So in the NFL, some weeks a team is really good. Other weeks, they're not. We may have just seen the best of the Ravens Monday night in their win over San Francisco. The 49ers are one of the best teams in the NFL. They've got one of the most complete teams. Great weapons on offense and a tough, punishing defense. But the Baltimore Ravens handled them. Does that mean we're going to get the same Ravens on Sunday? It doesn't. We could, but there's no guarantees. And the Dolphins preparing for this game? That should be very interesting. Now, we don't have a lot of access to practice. We, me, you, all media members, just a little bit of access. But how do you take a guy who is marginal to the roster? And when I say that, I'm talking about someone on the scout team. And how do you say, I need you to simulate Lamar Jackson? That's impossible to do. But hey, Mike McDaniel, he's got a lot of strengths. And being creative is one of them. If there is a creative way to recreate Lamar to get the D ready, Mike McDaniel will come up with it. And we also know, I would say this is an advantage for the Dolphins, the Ravens have a much harder week. The Dolphins have a harder game day, but the week for Baltimore is much more difficult. They flew from San Francisco to Baltimore after that game. They're coming off a Monday night football contest, so that's one less day of preparation. Miami did that already once, but it was at home. And they were preparing for a Jets team who they had already faced, so it's not quite as hard. But when it comes to game day, the advantages flip. This isn't X's and O's. This is just, hey, the Ravens are at home. It's not going to be freezing, but the Ravens are much more used to 48 degrees than the Dolphins are. We know the Dolphins are a warm weather team. This is a road game for Miami. And you're always going to have an advantage as the home team. So while Baltimore may have had and is having a more difficult week, come game day, the Ravens have the advantage. And I'm sure they're mad at Miami for what happened 
last season with Tua's late comeback. This Sunday is going to be one of the tougher environments that they'll see all season. But they need this test because this game is essentially a playoff game. The focus is simple. Beat Baltimore on Sunday so that you don't have to go back there again. Win now and force them back to your place down the line. Assuming Miami beats Buffalo or Baltimore loses the following week against the Steelers. If Miami loses Sunday, they probably have to see that building again. So get business taken care of. Be done with the Baltimore fans and be done with the city. If Miami does win this game, all the narratives about them are out the window. The Tua can't do this or that. The Dolphins can't beat this team or that team. All of that, if they win, all of it is gone. It becomes, oh my gosh, the road to the Super Bowl could run through Hard Rock Stadium. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl. And the Dolphins at Hard Rock are very hard to beat. Except if you're the Titans late in the game, then inexplicably it's very easy to play there. But other than that one performance... Hard Rock Stadium, not an easy place to play for the opponent. It's the exact opposite at the Hard Rock Poker Room, Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. That is where my monthly poker tournament, the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament, takes place every month. And the next one is Tuesday night, January 9th, $20,000 minimum in the prize pool, and it's only 250 bucks to buy in. Put a reminder in your phone right now. You do not want to miss it. Tuesday night, January 9th, cards will be in the air at 6 p.m. You could register until 9.30 p.m. $20,000 guaranteed in the prize pool Tuesday night, January 9th, for the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. I cannot imagine how exciting things would be around here if the Dolphins win on Sunday. And I know the game ain't here. It's in Baltimore. But I'm just saying, number one in the AFC, up for grabs if the Dolphins win this Sunday and then either they beat Buffalo or the Ravens lose to Pittsburgh the final week of the season. And I actually say that without even looking up the scenario. And that may that the last part may be wrong. Because Cleveland's still in the mix, believe it or not. Joe Flacco. So let's just say right now that the Dolphins would have to beat Buffalo. Because Cleveland could win out and then I believe Cleveland could get the number one seed. So we'll just say the Dolphins have to beat Baltimore Sunday and then they've got to beat Buffalo the following week. I've tried to think about what it would be like here in South Florida if the Dolphins did that, if they got the number one seed where the path to the Super Bowl would go through Hard Rock Stadium. And I had a lot of trouble even getting it out of my mouth, getting the words out of my mouth in the first segment this hour because... In my entire lifetime, now I wasn't 
watching much football when I was four or five years old or, or remembering stuff. But in my entire lifetime, I, I cannot recall the Dolphins having that opportunity to get the bye and then two home games to get to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl being a real thing is just, it's unreal. I know it's part of the song. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl. But no one has actually been talking Super Bowl realistically in Miami in reference to the Dolphins since the early 80s. It's 2023. It's about to be 2024. This is all so weird. It's surreal. Now, of course, while we do have excitement about the possibilities, you know I'm fair and I like looking at both sides here. The other scenario is possible. It could be like Charlie Brown trying to kick that darn ball. It's time I'm going to kick that football clear to the moon. The Miami Dolphins could have their typical late season meltdown. Because, hey, that's on the menu of possible outcomes. They could go to Baltimore and get worked by Lamar. Then come home and lose to Josh Allen. But right now, this is why it's exciting, because we don't know the outcome. So you think, okay, the Dolphins are going to be successful. That's why I'm hammering this story so hard. It is the story, nothing else. Nothing with the Heat and Jaime Jaquez Jr. Nothing with the Florida Panthers. Nothing with the Marlins. Nothing with Inter-Miami. Nothing with anything else. The Canes bowl game? No, who cares about that? Who cares? Right now, this is all about the Dolphins. For everything that's happened in South Florida sports in the past 12 months, the Heat's run to the NBA Finals, the Panthers' run to the Stanley Cup Final, the Canes and FAU going to the Final Four. Shout out to Nova Southeastern. They won a national title. The Marlins, they made the postseason. Messi came here. It's all been nuts. Can't believe it's all happened in the same season, same year. But the Dolphins making the Super Bowl? Heck, even the Dolphins winning a single playoff game. The Dolphins hosting a single playoff game. That would probably be number one on the entire list. Just because the roots are so deep with the Dolphins. People have been pulling for them for the longest time. This used to be only a one-sport town. Football remains king. It's bigger than anything else sports-wise. And the frustration of Dolphins fans, the wait, the anticipation, it's been so long. 23 years since the Dolphins simply won a playoff game. The Heat win playoff series every season. But it's not that big of a deal. If the Dolphins win a playoff game, that leapfrogs to story number one. Now, if the Heat had beaten the Nuggets and won the NBA title or the Panthers had won the Stanley Cup, if we had a parade, okay, that would have been number one. But if we're comparing degrees of no titles, football is way more important. 
the possibility of a real run here, real noise, it's there. Beat Baltimore on Sunday. That's where any and all of this begins. Win Sunday, beat Lamar, beat Baltimore, and now we're talking. Something else you could do this weekend, wager on races at Gulfstream Park. And heck, even if you don't want to wager, it's always nice to head on out to Gulfstream Park for an exciting race day with fantastic food, a great atmosphere. It is the championship meet. That is what's going on right now at Gulfstream Park. The championship meet, that means the best of the best. The best races, the best horses, the best jockeys, the best trainers, the best of everything is right there in Hollandale Beach at Gulfstream Park. When I go to Gulfstream, and I was there the past two weekends, I go to their trackside restaurant, Ten Palms. Sit down at the table, have a great meal, watch the races in front of me, and you can wager as little as 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. I see it happen all of the time. If you're going to go to the trackside restaurant, 10 Palms, I highly suggest you make a reservation. Visit GulfstreamPark.com for all the info. Get on out there any live race day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday during the championship meet at Gulfstream Park. You know what comes with some long segments? Some short segments. Lieutenant Camacho from the Florida Higher Patrol, he's going to join me in just a few with a crazy story and also a new law that we all need to know about. Something else we all need to know about, our future, our financial future. You've got goals. Let Trajan Wealth help you. I've been telling you about Trajan Wealth for quite some time now. They're located locally in Palm Beach. You want to contact Trajan Wealth because they will help you with whatever your life goals are, your financial goals, your life objectives. When you contact Trajan Wealth, and you can go to their site to get started, TrajanWealth.com, they will ask you what your goals are. Maybe you have a goal of wanting to retire early. Whatever your financial and life goal is, Trajan Wealth will design a plan based around it. They're not going to tell you what your goals should be. You'll tell them what they are, and they will help design a plan to help you succeed. Visit TrajanWealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com, or call them at 561-390-1000. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. Here on this Wednesday, Lieutenant Camacho from the Florida Highway Patrol with us on the Andy Slater Show. Lieutenant, as always, there's a lot going on in the highways in South Florida. We got New Year's Eve coming up. We just had Christmas. I heard about gunshots, and we always hear about people shooting uh, to take in the new year. Uh, what's been going on out there, and what was that latest shooting? Was it road rage? Yeah, well, this is still under investigation, uh, Andy. Unfortunately, it did occur right on Christmas morning, just at, just a few minutes after midnight. Uh, again, pretty pretty sad that it occurred. It had been, we had seen. Uh, uh, really a, a reduction or in the amount of shooting incidents we've had recently compared to when they were kind of spiking for a while. It was almost becoming, a, sadly, it was becoming kind of a, a trend, an unfortunate trend. But just recently, we had one on Christmas morning on uh, in Miami on State Road uh, 826 in the Hialeah area where a vehicle 
pulled up alongside a Mercedes SUV and an occupant inside of that car just started uh, discharging a firearm, striking that Mercedes and ultimately striking the driver, the victim in the uh, in the leg. And uh, they were the victim was airlifted, obviously not life threatening. And we have our guys looking into that. We, we've asked for help from the public, anybody with information on that. So, um, Lieutenant, let me stop you there for a minute, because I, I've heard this story before, not the one you're telling. But we, we always used to hear when you're leaving a place, because if this happened early in the morning, maybe the people are coming from a club. You're leaving a place when you're walking to your car, you're supposed to look around you. Now, when you drive away, should you also be looking around you? Yeah, well, I always preach uh, that situational awareness, right? I mean, uh, you know, we always try to people to know more than one way home, different routes. I mean, you never know if you see somebody potentially following you. Uh, or like you said, when you're leaving an establishment in, in a dark parking lot, you want to look around. All that relates to situational awareness. But we, we don't we don't know exactly if this originated somewhere and it kind of spilled over onto the highway. And that's where the shooting took place. But but definitely you always want to be aware of your surroundings. And if you see kind of a vehicle that's the same vehicle that might be behind you, you know, um, just always kind of paying attention. It's 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 definitely a, a safe practice. It's just bizarre because so many people get into altercations because they're just raging or whatever it is. We see them on the road driving you know driving pattern driving style but right now lieutenant i i guess you've you've also seen it and we've heard about it being somewhere and then you think okay we're leaving the place but now somebody's following you again i'm not saying that happened here but that has happened many times in the past no yeah that's typically how it occurs uh, uh you know the ones that we do get information on and we are able to get leads on it typically originates doesn't just originate. Um, I mean, some are road rage incidents where it was an isolated thing where somebody right. may, you know, cut somebody off and it can escalate quickly into that. And that's why we always say, you know, don't try to confront these people. Don't you know create distance from reckless or aggressive drivers. But uh, typically it does originate somewhere, whether it's an establishment or some kind of and it does kind of spill over onto the highway. That's what we've seen traditionally. Yeah. Lieutenant, what is the Florida Highway Patrol doing for New Year's Eve? If somebody needs a ride, do you call FHP, Star FHP, and you give them a ride? A trooper gives them a ride? Well, I mean, we'll, we'll give you a ride if your vehicle's disabled. We might uh, help you get to the nearest gas station. Uh, but really, there's only one. When you're, if we're giving you a ride, uh, mainly <laughs> we're only going to one place. <laughs> That's very true. I wasn't thinking that way, but but you're right. Are you guys going to have a, a bigger presence uh, on New Year's Eve? Because obviously, a lot of people are out there celebrating, and then they got somewhere to go after. Right. We're we're fo- as as we do every year. We focus on really uh, the biggest focal from a proactive enforcement standpoint would be the impaired driving you know, because it is a holiday where people tend to go out and 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 mm-hmm. park, bring in the new year in celebration and um of course people unfortunately still make the, the the bad decision of getting behind the wheel while they're impaired uh again we encourage people to plan ahead just it's it's so it's so it's 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 100 percent avoidable andy these bad decisions and there's really no reason to make these bad decisions with all uh, everything that's out there to help facilitate especially now with rideshare you know, we've seen impaired driving statistically kind of go down. It has helped, and we want that to continue. Uh, so just make the right decision. Just plan ahead. Just be responsible. Uh, uh, utilizing ride shares 
or, or you know, designating a sober driver is much cheaper than a DUI charge. I mean, the, the legal consequences, monetary, it stays on your record, I think. A DUI charge stays on your on your driving record for, I think, it's 75 years. I mean, that's going to haunt you for life. Lieutenant, what can you say, though, to people who are doing it the right way? They have a designated driver in their party. Uh, right. And then, then they're on the turnpike or I-95 at 3 or 4 in the morning. We we always hear, unfortunately, about wrong way drivers, and, and it right. happens on New Year's Eve going into New Year's Day. So what's your suggestion for somebody who did the right thing but to beware of a car coming the wrong direction? Well, for somebody that's out there doing the, the right thing, you know, kudos to them for being responsible. Of course, you know, sometimes there's things that, are uh, you know are we can't avoid uh, a reckless driver? I mean, we can as as law enforcement, we can do the most we can with our presence out there, right? And if somebody we say you know the more eyes are out there, you know if you see something, say something, call it in because that call can absolutely save a life, and we'll do our part uh, as far as uh, from an enforcement perspective. Or if somebody you know gets involved in a bad crash a victim that was doing the right thing we will do everything in our power to make sure that that investigation and that those those offenders those impaired drivers are, are held accountable absolutely we see a lot of pit maneuvers that the florida highway patrol has been doing going after cars getting in chases um, but when it comes to the wrong way drivers lieutenant here in 2023 we saw a lot of troopers take on the wrong way driver using yes. their car um, mm-hmm. as, uh, I guess, a line of defense. So right. is that something you guys are, are told to do, especially coming up with New Year's Eve? Well, we, we are we are authorized to, to have uh, or to make intentional contact, which is either the pit maneuver, right? If we're, if we're utilizing the pit maneuver, that's intentional contact to get a fleeing vehicle to stop as quickly as possible without endangering others, or if it's a wrong-way driver. Uh, it's, it's a tough decision to make, to, to, to decide you're going to go, uh, head on collision with a wrong way driver and, and utilize intentional contact and, and purposely, you know, kind of crash into that car to eliminate that threat. That's, that's very gutsy on, 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 on behalf of the troopers, but those are the decisions that, that we're making and that we have to make. And that's why I think you're seeing that more and more. Lieutenant, two more things I want to get to Lieutenant Camacho with the Florida Higher Patrol with us here on the Andy Slater show. I saw this happen in Lee County. Uh, mm-hmm. A woman was apparently going over 145 miles per hour. This was not a motorcycle, right? This was in a car. The trooper had to go 175 to catch up to her. Mm-hmm. At what point is it just like, wow, I've never seen anything like this before, and this is even too dangerous for me to go to 175 miles per hour what happened there i mean it is dangerous andy of course and again for the trooper to make the decision where he's going to commit to that pursuit and he's going to commit to intercept that car remember that car is doing 145 miles an hour just for us to be able to intercept Hmm. that car we actually have to go obviously faster than that car to intercept it and then ultimately making the decision to pit that car and again this was an impaired driver first bad decision who decided to drive at 145 miles an hour second bad decision and decided to then flee from a trooper third bad decision that's gonna gonna wind you up in jail hopefully i mean that would be the best case scenario that person going to jail uninjured the worst case scenario is that person getting involved in a crash and and killing somebody and that's what 
again, going back to what we were just talking about, that's what we're out there trying to prevent. And yes, it does. Uh, it does take those gutsy decisions by the, the, the troopers to, 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 to make that call and then stop those vehicles to avoid a, a death, you know, Lieutenant, one more thing. And this, I, I feel like it changes every single year, but I heard it's changing again. Um, you could tell us the exact details. The move over law. I know it used to be for police vehicles, then tow trucks. Now it's for, am I right, like anything, any vehicle on the side of the road, you got to move over? Pretty much anything, yeah. So, again, it was originally enacted, like you said, for first responder vehicles, emergency vehicles, service vehicles stopped on the side of the road. Then there was a uh, an update or a revision where it included now sanitation vehicles, utility vehicles, waste collection vehicles, really everybody out there providing critical services, right? So now, just recently, uh, there was another revision that was made to it where now if you see a disabled vehicle stopped, with their uh, warning lights, right, or their or their hazard lights flashing, or maybe utilizing like a flare, or posting really any kind of emergency signage, right? Maybe those triangles, um, anything that's kind of just letting other motorists know, hey, my car is disabled, I have an emergency, I'm on the side of the road. Now motorists are required to move over for that. Also, even if they don't have that, and there's a, a vehicle that stopped with at least one person visibly present in that vehicle. Now motorists also have to move over for that. So I would say just to be safe and to just sum it up, right? My interpretation, uh, I think what legislation or what legislators are trying to do is basically just protect anybody that finds themselves on the side of the road. Because if you're on the side of the road, it's more than likely not for a good reason. You've either have a disabled vehicle, right? You have a flat tire, you're out of gas. You've been involved in a crash. Uh, who, who knows? You have a medical emergency and you have to pull over. So I think they're just trying to protect not just now first responders like me, but they're trying to protect really anybody that can find themselves in an emergency situation parked on the side of the road. So to sum it up, just whenever you see a car on the shoulder and you're driving along, just move over. Give that give that courtesy. Give that space. It makes sense. I, I think somebody wrote a letter and said, why are you only protecting Lieutenant Camacho? <laughs> Why aren't you protecting me when I'm on the side of the road? This makes no sense. And now there's been a change. I L agree with it. Lieutenant Camacho with the Florida Highway Patrol. Thanks for everything uh, you do here on the airwaves, on the road. Everyone at the Florida Highway Patrol as well. Have a safe and happy new year. And we'll do it again next Wednesday when it's 2024. Next Wednesday, next year. See you, Andy. <laughs> Take care, buddy. Lieutenant Camacho with the Florida Highway Patrol. All right, that's all the time I got for this Wednesday afternoon. We'll do it again tomorrow. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.